In a world filled with big sports companies and high-end production podcasts comes a group of guys who paid five bucks for this intro. Welcome to Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Eat Sleep Fantasy Football Podcast presented by Fantrax. Uh, guys, in the offseason, we're hosting a bunch of mock drafts. No more Dale fails, we promise. So if you're interested in doing any of those mock drafts on Fantrax, head on over to eatsleepfantasy.com, uh, sign up. we got a little form on the top right corner of the site. Uh, it's pretty interesting, and for the most part, you'll be mocking with at least one of us, so um, we can trash talk a little bit in the chat. So I, I think it's been a pretty awesome thing that we've been yeah. doing. <clears throat> so we got a... We got a pretty cool podcast for you tonight, but before we get into any of that, I want to introduce with me Dale Demott. How you doing, Dale? Fuck you, Dale! Fuck you! Good. How are you doing, man? I'm here as always, Dale underscore as... fantasy. But go to, just go to our Eat Sleep Fantasy or Eat what is... Eat Sleep FF. Sorry, I really screwed that up. But uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here. We're gonna have a good show. M- Marbles mouth, Dale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the longer you let me talk, the more I'm going to sound like a complete idiot. <laughs> and you know what, man? Dale's actually pretty intelligent. I don't know what it is. I think you... I don't know. Do you get like... I I just should nervous? not be on a podcast. I, don't know what it is. <laughs> I talk so horribly that I, I'm like one person that like most people that know me outside of this, uh, they think there's no way this guy can do a podcast. But uh, And yet here we are <laughs> trying to do a podcast. You get what you can take. <laughs> <laughs> you can't always get I don't know what I said that please oh god oh. alright we, uh, we have a pretty cool show today we have two interviews um, one with uh, Brandon Marianne, Marianne Lee <laughs> and the other with uh, Dr. Celan Parekh uh, the fantasy doctor um, tons of cool information uh we uh, we just spoke to him right before recording this, um, so stay tuned. Uh, it's it's gonna be a pretty cool show. A lot of really cool information. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty excited about what we're putting out today because talking with these people um, makes me <laughs> makes me feel smarter. Just being being on the other end of the line. Yeah. Uh, you know, smarter by association. There you go. Yeah, especially the fantasy doctor. He is way smarter than us. <laughs> That's not even nobody even questioned that. <laughs> Just in case anybody's wondering, Doctor Parekh is smarter than us. Yeah, I challenge you, Doctor Parekh. I'm just kidding. I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. So let's talk about. Uh. I guess we could talk a little bit about some news going on here, and then we'll jump into the uh, interviews. What do you think? Yep. Absolutely. Cool. All right. So <clears throat> the first piece of news that I want to talk about here comes from the preseason games that have been going on. Pretty interesting stuff, actually. I want to talk about Mark Sanchez, because people were terrified that Mark Sanchez might be the quarterback for the Denver Broncos for the 2016 season. And for me, pretty much whoever they throw out there is going to be an upgrade over Peyton Manning. Whoa, blasphemy! How can you say that, Christian? Um, Peyton Manning was goddamn awful last year um and even butt fumble mark sanchez will be better in my opinion so you got any feelings on that because mark sanchez completed 10 of 13 passes for 99 yards a beautiful touchdown 32 yard touchdowns to marius thomas i understand it's the first yeah. preseason game i don't want to overreact but it kind of just validates how i've been feeling all off yeah, you don't want to overreact but you are overreacting uh mark sanchez I, I, you know he He's uh, growing on me a little bit here. Um, early on, say three weeks ago, no way. Um, I'm not touching him. Uh, the more that comes out of camp and you know, the more that the Broncos are getting comfortable with him, uh, the more I am. Um, yeah, okay, Peyton Manning sucked last year, but his mind was still in the game, and he managed the game enough for the defense to win them games. I don't know if – I guess Mark Sanchez kind of did that in, in New York a little bit, 
but not to the scale that Peyton Manning has done in his career and did last year. Um, so am I owning Mark Sanchez as a top 24 quarterback? Maybe, just because Demarius Thomas is so good. Um, but I'm not overreacting to this 10-for-13 uh, game that he just had. Right. I, I, it doesn't For me, it doesn't matter in terms of, oh, hold on, what did I just say there? Did I say it doesn't matter? Oh. <laughs> Do you want to play that game? They, um, we start playing that game, we're, people are going to turn us off right now. They hated we're not gonna that. play that game. They hated that game. I'm sorry that we put you through it. That game. If you if you don't know what we're talking about, go back to uh, maybe like three episodes. Muy to, importante. Uh, muy importante. Yeah. Or it doesn't matter. Um, the most hated segment ever on a podcast. I think. <laughs> hey, I thought it was funny. Yeah. I'm sorry. Exactly. I don't. That's, that was really I, a problem. <laughs> yeah. I also don't find Seinfeld funny. So apparently, I'm a bad judge of comedy. <laughs> All right. So. For me, it's important, obviously, not so much for Sanchez, but for Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders and their value in that offense. And I've kind of been saying all along that I think Demarius Thomas will be fine. He is probably not going to reach double-digit touchdowns like he did a couple of seasons ago, but I think he should be just as good in production-wise as last year. And last year, he was a number 13 wide receiver in, in scoring, so... Um, don't be too terrified of drafting uh, Demarius Thomas at his current value. Yeah, I agree. All right, cool. Um, You know, I mean, I I won't go on this too long, but, you know, Trevor Simeon is right there behind Mark Sanchez, and as soon as Mark Sanchez has that three-interception game, uh, you better believe that they're going to start warming up uh, Simeon. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I I honestly don't care. I think those receivers have to be fed in that offense because – it, it, it goes through them. They're going to try to run the ball more through C.J. Anderson, and he's probably going to have a much better year than he did last year, but it's still that offense needs to go through those two wide receivers. They're so good. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get on to some David Johnson news. Um, it seems like David Johnson comes up a lot in our podcast. Um, and actually, Too much. we talked to Brandon uh, in an interview that we're going to play here in a minute about this news a little bit, but I want to get your reaction on it. Um so Bruce Arians said, Bruce Arians knows what he has in David Johnson. Um, he says he want he uh, doesn't want to run him into the ground. And when they were talking to Arians a little bit more, he said, "I'm afraid to talk about him because he might get hurt, or because he might get him hurt." <laughs> um, basically, Arians is trying to say uh, he doesn't want to run him into the ground, but he wants to use him a lot. Which, yeah, that makes sense, right? I mean, he's a coach. Yeah, I mean. This uh, this is the epitome of off-season coach yeah. speak, where he hedges both sides of of what he wants to say. So, oh, you know, I don't want to run him into the ground, and then followed with hinting he'll be in it for big workloads and talking about you know twenty five carries and fifteen catches. Oh, but I don't want to run him into the ground. Yeah. Listen, David Johnson will probably not be. Um, Todd Gurley in terms of number of carries but we saw how very good he could be with the work that he got and he will have big games carry wise there will be certain specific matchups that they'll deem more necessary to run the ball more uh, I, I think he's in for a very big season um, do you have any worry about him Dale do you think he might be uh, you know another Jeremy Hill like we saw you know two years ago coming into last year and was incredibly disappointed or disappointed. Yeah, I mean, if he gets the volume, I mean, I said it before, if he gets the volume, I'm all for it. Um, it's just the sample size that we've seen. We just haven't seen enough of them for me to be a top three guy in your draft. Um, but, I mean, how many coaches have come out and said, yeah, I want to run my running back into the ground? I don't think any coach has ever said that. So is this this isn't really news. It doesn't matter. Unless you're the Titans yeah. and saying you're going to... Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I, I remember... Um, like three or four years ago when they said they were going to give C.J. Spiller the ball until he vomited. Yeah, that's true. He, they did say that. Yeah. I remember that was like last year when he absolutely didn't do anything. Or two years ago. Yeah, that was yeah, two, two or three years and ago. And they barely gave him the um, ball. They gave it to him. He was he was a pretty good running back uh, like three years ago. And then the following year was when they said yeah. they were going to give it to him that much. And he was all right. Yeah, yeah. He's still top 12 okay. for sure. But I'm not drafting him in top three from his sample size alone. But. We can move Top on. Top three Run, running, running back. Backs? Running back, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I got him at number two. Yeah. I, I love the guy. I think he's very talented, and I think he's in one of the best, if not the best, offenses in football. Yeah. So 
plenty of opportunities to score and um, opportunity plus talent in the first round I'll take yeah, it I can't argue it doesn't it doesn't mean that there's not risk there's definitely the possibility that there will be regression but I think the upside along with the opportunity is very worth it okay okay Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm not gonna. I can't argue that. I mean, I, my only argument is the sample size and suck a dick, Dale. I won that argument. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know if I could say that. Yeah, we just lost all our sponsors. Thank you. Awesome. You know what? This podcast is for the fans, <laughs> people, people that want to hear me tell you that. This is for you guys that had to suffer through those hashtag Dale fails. Yeah, exactly. No more Dale fails for Mox. Uh, I'm, I got my shit together. So don't worry about. It. Yep, we can't we can't uh, tell our listeners to join our Mox and then fuck them up, Dale. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's bad for business, isn't it? <laughs> what business? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about Ladarius Green here. Uh, Pro Football Talk is reporting that retirement remains an option for Ladarius Green as he deals with uh, reoccurring headaches. Um, Mike Florio says the rumors of Green's headaches have been circulating since the beginning of camp. Um, you got anything on this? What, what do you think about Green? And who, do, who does that remind you of? Does that remind you of anybody? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, Mr. Percy Harvin? Percy yeah. Harvin. That's exactly who I was yeah, thinking of. Yeah. Sounds a lot like him, and it was a detriment to his oh, career um, in college and part of his uh, yeah. part of his pro oh, yeah. career. Um, this is a serious issue. I mean, if I was in the NFL and I was getting headaches all the time, I'd I'd definitely reconsider the situation. Even if I'm making tons of money, that's that's your life. That's your life. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> it's a situation where it's not. It's not a broken bone. It's not a torn ligament. It's it's you know what's going on in my brain, and I think for a lot of NFL players, that's very concerning. Um, so this is a situation where I wouldn't fault the guy if he did want to retire. So I mean, for all you guys that might be drafting Ladarius Green, keep an eye out because he's saying that it could be on the table. Yeah, I mean, um, Ladarius Green being fully healthy, awesome. But especially with these headaches, you're talking about you know come Sunday morning with no um, with no warning at all him being out because of a headache migraine um, as Percy Harvin did a couple of years ago um, so you're really playing uh, you know walking the tightrope there um, having green in your starting lineup honestly I think it's a guy that I might have to drop in my ranks even though I think he's set up in a very nice offense with plenty of opportunity um, it's kind of alarming because it's just, I mean, they're talking about eventually releasing him, um, that the issue has not been subsiding. Um, so keep on the developments because news in the NFL changes constantly, and we'll we'll keep you updated here and on Twitter on what's going on with that situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, my, I mean, I, as I just said, you know, my number one concern is the last minute, um, you know, absences for games. I mean. The, the headaches. I mean, you, you remember Percy Harvin getting a headache like at 11 a.m. for a one o'clock game. Um, so yeah, that it hurts your lineup, especially if you know you're thin on tight ends and you know you only have one tight end on your roster. Trying to pick up a last minute uh, replacement is tough. So be wary. Dale, there, there's uh, there's one more piece of training camp news, and I mean you could shut me up if you don't think it's important. Uh, for me, it's kind of muy importante. Oh my god, I can't stop. Can't stop myself. Um, I I think it's a very interesting conversation going on that, according to the indie stars Zach Kiefer, Andrew Luck has had an uh, quote uneven training camp so far. So reports have been, you know, he's kind of like shaking off rust, um, you know, making some pretty nice throws that very few people can do and at the same time making a bunch of throws that he wishes he could have back which to me just perfectly describes Andrew Luck yeah or Brett Favre yeah <laughs> or, I mean most yeah or Jay Cutler yeah smoking Jay Cuddy <laughs> those memes are awesome <laughs> <laughs> I love the Jay Cutler stuff on Twitter it's almost as bad as the Tony Romo stuff anyways for me I mean I think there, there's definitely got to be rust coming off of Andrew Luck, coming back from that injury from last year. Um, I have been a little bit negative on him in the offseason. I still think he's going to be 
a top six or seven fantasy quarterback who has the potential, because um, we've seen it before, he has the potential to be elite. Um, and I think he's got a pretty solid solid floor. But if you're if you're having to invest a very high pick in your league for a guy like Andrew Luck, it's not worth it. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm not picking him with an early pick. I mean, this is this isn't really news, man. I mean, yeah, he has some rust. He's gonna shake off. What quarterbacks don't have some throws that they would want to take back and some throws that are awesome? That pretty much describes. I, mean, I know you mentioned Brett Favre and stuff, and yeah, it is him to a T. But um, yeah, it's Eli Manning. It's quarterback play. I mean, yeah, you're gonna throw bad throws, and you're gonna be like, "Damn it, I shouldn't have thrown that. I want that back." And you're gonna have the really good doesn't, throws. Doesn't describe Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah, you don't think <laughs> Russell Wilson ever wanted to take back a throw? You're crazy. Well, not ever, but I mean, hyper efficient, Mister Low Interception doesn't describe. Do you, do you really have to talk Aaron about Russell Rogers. Wilson for five minutes here? Is is this hey, is guys. this what it led to? I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. I can't help myself, man. Do you want to talk about Tyrod Taylor? No, no. It's, uh, you yell at me every time I talk to him, so it's like ingrained in my head. You've been talking to him and he hasn't been on the show? What are you doing, Dale? <laughs> yeah, we, we have phone conversations. I tell him that he's uh, the number seven quarterback and uh, he's happy with me. He, he likes what I have to say. <laughs> All right. So I think that's it. There hasn't been a ton of news. We're, we're going to get into more tr- – um, preseason stuff it's week one it's going to be very little that comes out of preseason week one but if you're interested there's an a robinson that racked up over 100 yards receiving for atlanta (laughs) who the hell is that guy yeah we should probably know but uh yeah i never heard of him hey hey if he does it again third string wide receiver i mean keep an eye on him you never know he might be he does it again you're still not going to draft him you never heard of him in your life hey now you have he's a household name now (laughs) <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get into our time with uh, Brandon Marianne Lee of Her Fantasy Football. All right, well, on the phone with us now is Brandon Marianne Lee. Uh, many of you know her as a co-host on Her Fantasy Football podcast. Uh, she's a contributor at Pro Football Focus and uh, her Series XM show. You can find her on Twitter at Brandon Her FFB and the website HerFantasyFootball.com. Brandon, thanks for coming on tonight. How are you doing? Fantastic. Thank you. Welcome awesome. to the first day of seeing people actually playing football again that's right any any games in particular uh eager to watch tonight oh man i mean other than just straight up selling out and saying all of them any of them (laughs) uh you know i'm interested in seeing uh the tampa bay buccaneers interestingly enough i feel like they're kind of a team no one talks about ever i think they have a lot of fantasy potential there so they do do. yeah very fantasy relevant for sure yeah i'm looking forward to the broncos i want to see what mark sanchez is going to do there in the first quarter but, uh, yeah. <laughs> Trevor Simeon, who knew, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, uh, we'll get right into fantasy football. Um, it's early in the season, you know, we're looking into rankings and projections right now for everyone's drafts. Uh, just looking over some of your early projections, yours and your sister's uh, early projections, I see that Andy Dalton is ranked as your number nine quarterback. I just want to talk to you a little bit about that. Um, you're, you're higher than most other rankers. Um, what do you see in the Bengals this year, or, or in Andy Dalton in particular? Yeah, you know, um, I am a red rifle apologist. I have been for a long time. (laughs) And I know that that's one of them. Uh, But you know what? I really, first of all, let's talk about their offensive line. Uh, Paul Alexander, their offensive line coach, has been with the team coaching uh, that line for 21 years, which is incredible. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the thing is, is that they, uh, the entire unit was ranked eighth by Pro Football Focus for pass blocking last season and ninth for run blocking and eighth overall. And as a unit as a whole, they're almost always a top 10 offensive line. I know they lost Hugh Jackson, but they decided to bring up the offense or the quarterback's coach to be the offensive coordinator. And I think that they're just going to kind of continue in that same way. But the thing is, is that Andy Dalton was was scoring fantasy points left and right before he got hurt. He was scoring 0.59 points per drop back, tied with Tyrod Taylor for the third most in the league, right behind Cam Newton and Russell Wilson. Right. And I think he just has a lot of upside. I love AJ Green. 
I'm not a huge Brandon LaFell fan, but they did get Tyler Boyd from Pittsburgh. He's a slot receiver with sure hands, kind of the opposite of what we know LaFell for. But uh, I, I feel like there are a lot of really great things on the horizon for them, and I, and people will ignore him. So basically what we're t- trying to do with the rankings is to get people to draft him over a lot of the other questionable players underneath them. So, right. uh, you know, the, the Tony Romos, the Philip Rivers of the world that have, you know, uh, pretty low floors. I think Andy Dalton's floor is just incredibly high and has been really for three years. Yeah, yeah. I, I have the same feelings towards Tyrod Taylor. I have t- Taylor pretty high um, compared to others. But, yeah, my, my argument's pretty similar to that is, uh, you know, just, you know, kind of getting the name out there and having people at least think about it no, for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, I I actually think Russell Wilson's going to be the number one quarterback this year. I adore him. But he's going a little too rich for my blood right now. But, uh, you know, the consistency factor with some of these guys, Cam Newton and Russell Wilson have both been top 10 uh, fantasy quarterbacks for the last four years, except for the one year that Cam Newton was out for two games, you know, part of which was a, a, a car accident. I mean, that's just a freak thing. So, right. um, you know, we have to kind of look at things a little differently, I think, these days. And the the old guard is exiting and the new guard's coming in. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, well, going from somebody you are high on to somebody you're a little low on is Lamar Miller. You have him at number nine. Um, I have him at running back four. I think a couple other guys on our podcast have him maybe even a little bit higher than that. Yeah, I'm at three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about Lamar Miller? and uh... We have him at six now. Oh, um, okay. He was a little bit lower. You know, we're higher on uh, Jamal Charles and Mark Ingram and Le'Veon Bell and even Doug Martin, even LaShawn McCoy than a lot of other people. Yeah. To me, L- Lamar Miller through LaShawn McCoy is the same tier, and I could take any of them yeah. for me. And we include Eddie Lacy and Le'Veon Bell in there, although they're probably the two that are left out of that equation for me personally. I think Le'Veon Bell will be killer once he comes back. But you still have to make the playoffs. You know, sometimes you have to think about the long game when you're playing fantasy football. Right. If you're missing for sure four games from a guy and then also a bye week, there are five weeks before week 13, which is normally when you have to really kind of go into the playoffs, right? Right. That That's, <laughs> that's almost half the games. It is, yeah. And so then you also have to think, okay, well, will all of the cobwebs be knocked off? You know, is everything going to be okay with this guy? And I'd like to think that he's going to hit the floor running, but you got to get to the playoffs. And that's my problem. I mean, I have huge problems with Tom Brady. I could talk about that for 85 years <laughs> as a fantasy option this year. Uh, but yeah, so I, I think that that's kind of where um, we are. Lamar Miller, um, I think the only concern was at least – you know, that this offense is going to be a little clunky. Brock Osweiler, as as all three of my, or my two sisters and I are, uh, we make up her fantasy football, and we were born and raised Broncos fans. So we have a very deep dive on the Broncos. And uh, Brock Osweiler was not impressive. Right. Not impressive at all. <laughs> and so on one hand, they could lean on the run. On the other hand, everyone knows they're going to lean on the run. Right, yeah. You know, now they have to, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is a big deal, in, uh, you know, down the field, so they're going to have to defend against him, and he'll always be double-teamed for life. Of course, yeah. Um, as he should be. Uh, but other than that, I, I feel like it's a, it's a lot of young, unknown receivers. Right. Uh, no tight end. Right. And then Lamar Miller. Right, yeah. That's yeah, good it. point. Good point. Yeah, I have him at three. Just, just the volume overall is just going to be ridiculous. I wouldn't be surprised if he finished with the most carries in the league next year. I think that's enough for me to rank him in the top three. Yeah. Well, I hope so because last year in Miami when they would give him nine carries. I, I know. We're not happy. Hello? Hello. Hello? Sorry. Yeah. I, I think oh, we broke yeah. up a little bit. Sorry about oh, that. Um, I have a question. We, um, we have a lot of disagreements in our podcast about David Johnson. I just want to hear your thoughts on him. I'm really David. low on him. I'm oh, at my really? currently, so I'm just uh, curious to see what other people think. We have him number two. Uh, oh, wow. And, yeah, I just – I don't think there's anything he can't do. And yeah. Bruce Arians thinks that he could be, like, Hall of Famer. Bruce Arians is a straight shooter. That yeah. guy is never – and, listen, he was the one who told us when Chris Johnson was the starter and no one believed him. And we were like, no, Chris Johnson's the starter until he says otherwise. And then what did he do? He was like, yeah, okay, David, David won the job. And then – it was real. I, you know, unlike Bill Belichick, who tries to be a man of mystery, Bruce Arians is like, no, I'm going to tell you everything I'm going to do, and I'm still going to be you. Yeah, that's yeah. His, that's his mo. I love him for it, right? Especially as a fantasy owner, I'm like, yes, yeah. yes. 
So yeah. I really like him. I'm actually a huge Devontae Freeman believer, too, and I think he's going just crazy low in drafts considering the fact that he's probably the next Matt Forte. He does everything. Yeah, he does yeah. everything well. Yeah, with Freeman, it's kind of surprising. I mean, how often does a number one running back from the previous year get so much hate the next year, right? It's crazy. Weird. And, you know, I mean, the guy got 90 two targets last year the next person was 75 the only people that had more than him were danny woodhead and theoretic and right. so even if he gets less carried which is this whole big which by the way was a completely overblown story about a month ago yep. where the guy said we want to keep him fresh so we're going to have tevin coleman do more yeah of course you <laughs> yeah. know like that's called playing football but right. it, it made no sense i don't know why people freaked out about that <laughs> Right. Um, but yeah, so even if he has a few less carries, he was still fourth in carries last year. Exactly. That's right. Third in targets, fourth in carries. I, I just don't, I think his floor is so incredibly high it, and his ceiling is so high that I just, where he's going right now, I've been getting David Johnson and Devonte Freeman in a lot of leagues and I thought I'd be going wide receiver heavy, but I've been really liking that right. theory and then going and then waiting a little bit on the wide receivers. I think there's some really good depth there. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Definitely agree with that. Um, give us a couple, maybe a guy or two that you're either drafting, uh, that you're reaching for in drafts or that you're avoiding this year. Well, how low do you want me to go? Because I've been talking like crazy sleepers lately. So I don't know if you want me to do like a sane yeah. drafting or give, give, give us a crazy sleeper. A crazy sleeper. Well, um, it was crazy. But starting two months ago, I was on the Bruce Ellington train. I nice. have him in every league. Like it, it, I got him in like the 20th round in every league I've done so far. Right. And now all of a sudden he's Mr. Popular, which just ticks me off. I'm looking <laughs> at you, Matt Harmon. I'm looking at you. Uh, so I've been reaching for him a lot. I'm, I'm still a Zach Miller believer. Yeah. Um, if he can get healthy, which again, keep your eye out for that. I just, every day I'm like, come on, man, come back, come back to me. I love Sacramento too. Oh my goodness. So, you know, if you think about it, only three catches for 35 yards happened prior to week nine. After week nine, he was kind of the guy, right? He got 34 passes for 439 yards and five touchdowns. So if he would have played the whole 16th season, I know you can't really do that math, but still, it would have been 68 catches for 878 yards and 10 touchdowns. Yeah. And I think they do want to use tight ends in the red zone, which is something that Jay Cutler's been doing pretty much his entire career. Um, but, you know, his, his impressive stats don't stop there. He had a 98.1 pass blocking efficiency ranking, according to Pro Football Focus. And, you know, the Bears have no reason to take him off of the field whatsoever. He just has an unbelievable thing. Also, zero drops. Right. Caught every single catchable target. Even more impressive, out of all the tight ends with at least 20 receptions, Miller tied with Tyler Eifert for second in fantasy points per opportunity in standard leagues and stood alone at second. Wow. Uh, and point per opportunity in uh, PPR leagues. The right. only person that was above him was Jordan Reed in both categories. Mm-hmm. So he's so efficient that I don't need him to get a million targets. I don't need it, all these other things. He's just an incredibly good fantasy option if if he can stay on the field. And that's a big if with Zach Miller, let's it be is. honest. It is, yeah. Great. That's awesome. What do you, What's your thoughts um, on uh, Marvin Jones? I he was a kind of a quote unquote sleeper really early on. Uh, now though, you know, the news comes out that he's the number one target or, you know, the number one guy and uh, out there. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Do you see him rising day by day here uh, in, in drafts? Oh, I'm sure he will. Yeah. And no, thank you. <laughs> Same way. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the good news here is that uh, hopefully golden Tate's value will take a hit exactly. and then I can get him. So as far as I'm concerned, go for it. Yeah. Golden Tate's one of the most efficient wide receivers in the league. He was seventh last year in yards after catch. You know, the, the guy, you know, he is a, an intermediate and short kind of receiver, whereas Marvin Jones is going to be down the field. This is Matthew Stafford. Stafford's never really been a down-the-field guy, to be entirely frank. And Calvin Johnson was really good in those intermediate areas. So I think that that's where Golden Tate is going to come into play. Also, I think Eric Ebron, especially after this whole injury scare, which everyone took him off the draft boards and now he's back on, um, I think he's going to get a lot of work uh, as far as the touchdowns are concerned. So I guess for me, I feel like Marvin Jones is going to have less targets and less opportunities in the red zone than Golden Tate and maybe even Eric Ebron. So, um, you know, I, I think it's fine. I think he's now become draftable, whereas I was like avoiding him like the plague in a lot of drafts. Now I'm like, well, you know, if he falls to me, but since he's going up the draft board, he's never going to fall to me. And I guess I'm okay with that. Right. Cool. Good, good analysis there. 
Um, I guess we have one more question. We'll let you go. But um, we've been getting tons of questions on Twitter about you know draft and league formatting. Uh, do you have a formatted choice? Do you do you know? Do you prefer anything funky uh, when it comes to you know different you know PPR <laughs> superflex auction or whatever? I love that the uh, word was funky. Something <laughs> funky. Uh, I I'm a little bit of a traditionalist. I I really do like season long leagues. I like daily too, but to me that's just kind of a separate game. Yeah, it, it's a completely different way of of pursuing fantasy sports. I do like half point PPR, which sounds like a cop out. Um, but really, I think it's the most reflective of the game because it does allow for some game involvement to uh, be part of the scoring, but it doesn't make it so crazy that Julian Edelman's the number one guy and he only got 50 yards. Remember exactly. that game? It was like two years yeah, yeah. ago, and then everyone's like, I'm giving up on PPR. Yeah. That was BS. And yeah. so, I mean, you know, and I can't disagree with that. I'm like, that is crazy. Yeah. Um, but no, and I'll tell you what, though, and I'm alone on this. I like having kickers in there. Yeah. I think that you need to get it together. And if you have a kicker in your league, you need to pay attention. The amount of times that I play in these quote-unquote expert leagues and some idiot has a kicker on this team that isn't even like doesn't even have a team anymore drives me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, "Well, you shouldn't have kickers anyway." No, that's the game you signed up for. Yeah. Pay attention. That's right. Uh, and especially now it's interesting because of uh, moving the extra point back and people going for two-point conversions. And what people are, and, and even like uh, Aguayo, Robert Aguayo for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going in the second round, it sounds crazy, but at the same time, you can tell that this team has now a strategy where they just want to make it down the field. And once they're in a certain range, they believe he can make 100% of those kicks like he did in college. Right. And that is what they're banking on. And it, it's interesting. There's kind of this money ball element to it. And get, you know, get it together. I think that I'm alone, and you're going to get comments probably on this podcast, and people will be like, <laughs> She's crazy. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I hate kickers, and that's fine. But to me, it's called football, so I like to still have something that deals with the foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's. Uh, I, I I totally agree with you. I, I love uh, the the half point PPR is about as far as I'll go. Um, that I, I mean, I've obviously played in PPR leagues, and it it just seems like exactly what you said. Just skews the game a little bit, a little bit too much for me. But I probably sound like an old fogey uh, talking about it like that. I know. Me too, I guess. I mean, that's, that's fine. I, I will I will hold my head up high and say, sign me up. Because yeah. I think that, you you know, if you're someone that complains, you're like, eh, 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 eh. do you, I mean, do you know that there are more two-point conversions than there are safeties in the league? I didn't realize that. Every year, yeah. Yeah, no one counts them. No one pays attention. Can't really project that. Well, then how do you project safeties? <laughs> yeah, you know, you. I mean, it's just it's so weird what stats people decide are important or not. Yeah. Really weird. <laughs> all right well uh brandon um we got to get to some preseason action here uh the games are going to be starting i know for those of listening uh the games are already over but um we're, we want to get to watching some football soon um any last words uh anything else going on that you want to uh well uh you know the season is coming up it's so crazy i'm just so happy that i get to watch football now it's unbelievable uh yeah so on saturday nights we do the her fantasy football show on the sirius xm fantasy sports network or um yeah, Fantasy Sports Radio, sorry. I always mess that up. Fantasy Sports Radio on Sirius XM. And then on game day, I do a fantasy football show with Adam Ronas from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., going right up to kickoff. Uh, it's the fantasy show on the Bleacher Report Radio on Sirius XM. So definitely check that out as well. Her Fantasy Football, check out the site. We do a cool FanDuel contest every week. It's called Diced. Um, basically, it's have, have you ever seen Chopped yeah, on the Food yeah, Network? Yeah. yeah. So what we do is, is uh, instead of totally ripping off the name, we're diced. <laughs> and <laughs> we have a basket of four ingredients that have to be in your lineup. So it could be something like one of the players has to be a blonde. Or uh, all of your running backs have to be in the AFC. Oh, that's awesome. Or none of your wide receivers can average uh, 10 or more fantasy points up to this point in the season. That's or cool. what have you. Or leave $1,000 on the table. Tons right. of examples. But it's really fun. So sign up for our mailing list on herfantasyfootball.com so that you can get involved. We send out the link only to our newsletter members, members at 9 a.m. on Sundays. And it's really fun. Awesome. Also, podcast, gonna, YouTube, what have you. I'm going to definitely so. do that. Yeah, awesome. That, that sounds really cool and fun. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Adam, uh, he was on our show uh, just a couple weeks ago, and he's a cool, he's a cool dude too. Um, yeah, I'm sure that show is fun. It is really fun, and it's great too because we're both in studio in New York, so we're able to actually, you know, look at each other. You know, it's fantasy, and everyone's all over the country. It's so rare to actually get to look at your coworker in yeah. the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 
All right, Brandon. Well, again, thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate your time here and uh, hope we cross paths again in the future. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. Goodbye. And we're back. We want to thank Brandon so much. Yeah, she's awesome. For being on our show. Um, very great stuff. Interesting to listen to. Um, and I guess we'll just go ahead and get into our fantasy injury talk with Dr. Seelan Parekh. Yeah, let's go right into it. All right, on the phone with us for the second time now is Dr. Seelan Parekh. Uh, if you don't know, he's an author, speaker, he's an orthopedic surgeon, and a professor at Duke University. Um, many of you know him as a fantasy doctor. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter, at Seelan Parekh, MD. Uh, also, go check, out, uh, go check out his YouTube channel and website. Uh, Dr. Parekh, how are you doing tonight? Good, how are you guys? Doing great. Oh. Thanks for joining us. Um, awesome. For, for the second time now, we're, we're excited to have uh, maybe this segment going on uh, through the season, so we appreciate your time. Absolutely. All right. All right, uh, Dr. Parekh. I, uh, I got some uh, hard-hitting questions this week because <laughs> there seems right, to let's, be let's... a lot of guys coming off the pup, Go, you know, a lot of guys injured. Um, I want to start with a guy that we, we touched on a little bit before last week, but now coming off the pup, he was a little bit of a surprise for me. Um, I, I really thought that he was going to be one of these guys that was going to miss – uh, a good portion of the season, not be ready. Um, I'm not sure how fantasy relevant he'll be, even if he's healthy. But that the guy I'm alluding to is Jimmy Graham, who we saw early in the week was activated off the pup uh, after he suffered that patellar tear tendon last season. Um, <clears throat> this is the same kind of injury that Victor Cruz had, right, if I'm not mistaken. And he's the guy that's been taking – I mean, it's been almost two years now, and he's still not fully healthy. Why are people op- more optimistic about Jimmy Graham? So, you know, a, a patellar tendon tear is a big deal. And if you feel uh, from the bottom of your knee out to your shin bone, there's a – the bottom of your kneecap to your shin bone, there's this tendon structure. That's your patellar tendon. And this is more debilitating than an ACL tear. And it takes a long time to rehab. So one of the things, you know, again, just like you said, you look at Victor Cruz and he's now year two after that injury and he's still having issues and, and you know, he's back on, um, he's kind of taking it easy in, in training camp and not pushing him too hard. Now, again, a lot of his issues last season were with his other limb, but the bottom line is a patellar tendon tear is a big deal. And so, Jimmy Graham's uh, surgery last year was in November, so he's about 10 months out, but look for the, the Seahawks to take it very slow with him. I don't expect anything big from him in the first half of the season um, because they're, they're going to need to really nurse this knee because if they push him too hard, too fast, you can look for either re-irritation of the patellar tendon or other issues creep, creeping up because of compensation. Right. Okay. Um, is that is that kind of the same situation with Victor Cruz? Um, is it just that he's now trying to compensate so much that we see him again sidelined with another injury? Is that just overcompensation, or is it just? I mean, what's going on there with with him? Well, with Victor Cruz, you know, so he had the patellar tendon tear, then he recovered, then he got back on the playing field. He had this issue with his gastroxoleus muscle group on the other limb. And that then ended up sidelining him for the rest of the season last year. This year, again, he's having some groin issues. So a couple of things for him. Number one, it's been a long time since he's been uh, competing at a, at a very high level. Um, and so physically, it's going to take him time to get back to that level, number one. Number two, there are some biomechanical issues he's probably undergoing between the patellar tendon recovery and then last year's gastroc recovery and so it's going to take him a while to really work those kinks out. None of those are insurmountable, but it's just going to take time. Is he will with that injury that he suffered that patellar tear, attendant tear? Um, is he ever going to be able to return to be the old Victor Cruz? <laughs> that is a loaded question, and it's <laughs> hard to tell. To be honest, I mean, clearly last season he was not. Um, as his age increases and time goes on, the likelihood of him being able to get back to that elite form decreases. 
Um, but then, you, you know, you look at basketball and you look at Kyrie Irving, and Kyrie had a patella tendon rupture, and this season he did great. So uh, you just never know. I mean, some of these athletes are able to bounce back and others aren't. Um, patella tendon tears in the NFL player are not very common, but when they do happen, they are devastating, and, and not everybody can get back. Is there is there a specific um, like action that it limits more? Is it you know cutting? Is it um, you know burst off the line? Any what what it specifically is the worst impact to the player when it comes to the to this specific tear? So the issues with the patellar tendon are really flexing and extending the knee, and and more so extending. So bursting off the line, uh, making. Not, not necessarily the cuts because that's really the ligaments, the other ligaments uh, of the knee that help stabilize that, but it's really just being able to run fast and bend and, and have the explosiveness of the lower extremity. And if you don't have that explosiveness, you know, that's a big deal in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Well, right. And especially, and especially for a wide receiver, I mean, to jump up and get a ball, you know, to get off the line, that's a big deal. And, and again, even a little bit of a difference for him gets gets magnified and, and can knock him off the roster yeah right well i guess going from that um i want to talk about you know speaking of age and aging i want to talk about a 37 year old wide receiver here and steve smith <laughs> right <laughs> um you know i fantasy wise i i'm still liking steve smith a lot um although you know it's reported that he had a double rupture of his achilles tendon um, before he was injured right. last year, you know, he, okay, say he was 36 last year playing, uh, he was still really explosive and, you know, looked young out there uh, on the field. Um, what can we expect from his injury and recovery? Uh, you know, he said his Achilles looked like shredded chicken. Uh, should we be worried or is it <laughs> shredded chicken? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. so, so I'll tell you the reports of a double tear of the Achilles, I mean, that would be extremely unlikely. I, I mean, I'm not saying it's not true. But what I am telling you is that it would be very, very rare for that scenario. Because, you, you know, just think about a rope. If, you, if you're if you pulling on a rope, it'll snap at one spot, but it's hard to snap a rope twice and, and have it all snap at the same time. So that's very rare. But that's neither here nor there. You know, there's a couple of things that he has going against him. Number one is his age, and we alluded to that at 37 years old. You just don't bounce back as quickly. That's the first thing. Now, Steve Smith is a tough guy. He proved it when he was, you know, with the Panthers. He's proven it with the Ravens. And, and he's got the guts. He's got the, the will. So I don't doubt that he's going to want to be out there and be explosive. But if you look at data, okay, so let's look at what's been published in the literature on Achilles tendon tears. We, we looked at um, Achilles tendon tears as an NFL player. Um, about six years ago. And what we found was that only 66% of them can get back onto the NFL field. So one-third of them never make it back onto the playing field again. Wow. Whether they lose their explosiveness, whether they lose their strength, their flexibility, whatever the reason is, one-third of NFL players who have an Achilles tendon tear can never get back. And of those who do, you typically will see, on average, over a 50% reduction in their performance. Wow. Okay, yeah. so that's a big deal. So Steve Smith, it doesn't matter how much he wants it, between age and this tear, he's going to have uh, two big issues to overcome this year. Could he do it? Yeah, it's possible. But if he were to do it this year, I don't think you'd expect the same of him next year. I mean, if I think if he has a great year this year, it'll be a, a, you know an off year, and then that'll be it. He's on the downward part of his career, and, and this hopefully won't end his career. So you're trying to tell me that I shouldn't have went on Twitter and bet a bunch of people on uh, on Steve me. Smith. Me, you bet me on Steve Smith against Kamar Aiken, which makes no sense to me. What what side of that deal? Well, I'm, never I'm say never. <laughs> I, I was gonna say never say never, but uh, the probability is unlikely. <laughs> okay, well that um, sucks for me. So sticking with the same team because to me that receiving core is very interesting with all the injuries they got going on. Brashard Perriman. Um, we saw early in the offseason, it was reported that he tore a ligament in his knee, he was going to be out, um, and then, oh no, he didn't tear it. What exactly is going on with him? Um, is he, is that something, I mean, he's on the pup right now, is that something that, is he going to be ready for the season? What, what's the situation there with his knee? So, uh, you know, the issue with Perriman 
they thought that he had an ACL tear, but he didn't. He had a sprain of his posterior cruciate ligament, which is called a PCL. Now, with a sprain, there's different grades of it, but the bottom line is um, two to four weeks on average, and you can get back onto the playing field. He shouldn't. It really shouldn't affect his play too much. You may find that for the first few games he'll, he'll put a, a knee brace on, but he may not even do that if he's feeling pretty stable and feeling pretty good. Okay. All right, good. Um, I still do you get a if you had to bet chips on uh the the number one wide receiver fantasy points end of the year in Baltimore who would it be? Uh, that's a good question. Um, it, it certainly I don't I wouldn't bet uh, at all that it's going to be Steve Smith. Yeah. Um, I just think he's got too much too much going on, and again. Between the age and the ACL, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think if, if Perriman gets enough play time, uh, he may be the guy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Not bad. I'm uh, I'm on the Kamar Aiken train. Uh, Dale has been on the Steve Smith train, which I think you just derailed with your <laughs> with your argument. <laughs> he may have to find somebody else. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll just stick to it because I'm hard headed, and uh, I'll just keep riding it until I'm absolutely wrong. <laughs> And that's why Dale Absolutely. doesn't win championships. It's <laughs> about <laughs> <Stop> pride. <laughs> All right, so uh, Dale, you want to ask about the next guy? Yeah, uh, let's talk about Jamal Charles here. Um, it's reported that he'll be ready for week one. Uh, we've seen guys in recent history come back from ACL tears, um, Charles included. Uh, any reason to believe that he won't be fine? No. You know, Jamal Charles, this is, you know, the second tear of his ACL. The first one was in 2011. The last one was obviously last season in October. He, you know, in general, when you have an ACL tear, uh, the data is pretty good about uh, athletes, NFL players being able to get back on the playing field. Um, about 20% can't get back to playing in the NFL, but the other 80% are able to get back on the playing field. A second ACL tear makes it a little bit tougher, but I don't think it's going to really affect Jamal Charles that much. I, th- I think we're going to see him. It may not be in early September. It may be middle to late September. But I, I just don't think he's going to miss much time at all. And-, and he'll come out of the gates, I think, doing pretty well. Interesting. Okay. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I, it, he seems like a guy that, although he's been injured a couple times in his career, he's always bounced back fairly well. I mean, the first ACL tear, uh, he came back and he had that amazing season. Uh, which was just overshadowed by Adrian Peterson coming back from his ACL tear. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and having well, an even better and season. And Adrian Peterson did it in a timeline that even defies medicine. So, unfortunately, and this is one of the problems, you know, Adrian Peterson set a new bar that everybody's trying to get to to be able to recover from an ACL so quickly. And the reality is it takes 9 to 11 months to come back from an ACL unless you're an Adrian Peterson, which not everybody is. Now, with Jamal Charles having surgery last November, uh, last October, again, you're at about the 11th month mark come September. So I, I think he's going to be good to go. Okay. Um, all right. So any concern with him? You know, he's getting a little up there in age. Nothing. It's just he's going to be good to go and that's it? Yeah, I mean, I just don't think age, if anything, the concern is that this is the second tear of that same ACL. And and if he's recovering well and he's practicing well, that's fine. As far as I understand, he's still on the on the pup list though. So we'll have to see how this how this transitions over the next few weeks. Clearly if he doesn't come off that list, then you worry that there might be some residual issues being that this is a second ACL tear in the same knee. But other than that, I mean he's not so up there in age and, and I just don't think that Age is going to play too much of a factor for him. What's the what's the likelihood of re re injuring or re tearing or having some sort of compensatory injury when it comes to ACL? You know our ACL rehab protocols are so good. You just don't see a lot of compensatory injuries with the ACL. Um, in addition, to see a second tear is not so common. To see a third is even less common. So. I, again, if he's able to perform in practice, he's able to you know, even appear at the last preseason game and seems to be okay, I just think that this will be behind him and he'll do pretty well. 
Okay, good. That's great news, actually. Um, I, I know a lot of people are already uh, very high on him because they just expect him to return normally. So, um, you know, same same news, I guess, is coming from you. So, um, definitely yeah. a guy that I, I might have to move up a little bit because I've been a little concerned about the injury. Um, but I, I <laughs> the more I hear about it and the more I hear your words, I feel like there doesn't need to be much concern there. So, um <clears throat> Uh, there's a couple of guys, specifically Sammy Watkins, that I want to talk about um, because he came off the pup list. He <laughs> he's already practicing the same day uh, he, that he came off the pup list earlier in the week. Uh, he looks good. Is there any concern about Sammy Watkins? And what was the injury that he actually had? Did he have a Jones fracture or something else? So uh, he had a Jones fracture. And not only did he have one, but, you know, Des Bryant had one. Julian Edelman had one. There was a little bit of a scare earlier this week about Julian Edelman. But here's the bottom line for Jones fractures. They are big injuries. And if they happen preseason, they happen during the season, it is a big, big deal. But when you have surgery, um, second surgery, third surgery, whatever it is, in the off season, and you have at least 10 weeks to recover, then you're pretty good to go. And so for all of them, Edelman, Dez, Sammy Watkins, I don't expect any of these Jones fractures to be an issue this year. Yeah. I mean, we saw both Dez and Julian Edelman try to come back early or quick last year and both leave again with re-injuries. Um, is this is this an issue that can possibly linger on uh, if you try to come back early? Or is it just, you know, you have to allow that time to heal and that's it? Yeah, so let me blow your mind away with some initial data that we have because uh, this became a curious uh, subject of mine when I started seeing last season a lot of these guys coming back early and ending up re-injuring or performing pretty poorly or needing a second surgery. So what we did is uh, our research group went back and looked at the last five years of Jones fractures. And what we found, and we haven't published this yet, so it's initial data, but what we found is if the player came back in under 10 weeks, okay, so you got to hurt, you have surgery, you come back onto the playing field under 10 weeks, you have a 53% drop in your performance and a 60% chance of needing a second surgery. Wow. Okay? So that's, that's a big deal. Okay, if that's you not wait, good. <laughs> if you wait more than 10 weeks to get them back, all right, so say you're at eight weeks and you tell a player, listen, let's get you past the 10-week mark. Your performance increases by 9%, and your chance of needing a second surgery drops to 14%. Oh, wow. So here's – so yeah, exactly. Wow is exactly <laughs> the, the response. So the bottom line here is, you know, you can have your star get hurt, but if you rush them back, they're not – yeah, you can get them back on the field, but they won't perform well for you and you're going to increase their chance of needing a second surgery. So you might as well wait the 10 weeks, get them in a form where they can contribute back to the team, and decrease the chance of needing a second surgery. Wow, that's that's pretty uh, awesome data there. Um, I mean, what did you expect? Yeah, it, it, it was shocking. Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, just, just the research there. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy, uh, you know, the difference between week 8 and, say, week 11 is uh, pretty crucial. <laughs> It's dramatic. Yeah. It's a dramatic difference. All right. Um, Brito, do you have anything else uh, for the doc? I, I got one little off-the-wall question. Oh, is yeah, there, I, I do too, actually. So you, you ask yours first. Is there – well, it's not really – it's still fantasy-related. Is there anybody um, in, fantasy, in the fantasy community that we're being overly worried about his injury and maybe we just – we shouldn't be concerned at all? Um, well, I'll, I'm going to change the question a little bit. Somebody that <laughs> You're gonna people aren't bit, worried right? about so much, I'm going to change it up a little bit because um, there is something that, uh, there's a, an injury that's going on that people think is not as bad as it is, but it's, uh, it's, it's in my mind, a big deal. So Jalen Smith, I think, is a humongous deal. And if you look, if you hear everything coming out of Cowboys camp and Jerry Jones, nobody's really talking about the serious nature of this uh, of his nerve that no longer is functioning. And it's fine that it's not functioning now, but 
you know, this whole theory that, oh, he may show up in the last quarter of the last game or he may even make an appearance in 2016, it would be incredibly difficult to do that. No matter how much therapy you do, no matter what what training you do, the bottom line is that nerve was damaged. And it's going to take a long time to come back, up to two years, and it may never come back. Wow. So, you know, Jalen Smith can put up the Cowboys camp, and Jalen Smith has all these videos online, the social media showing these, these things that he's doing. And it's great that he's training. It's great that he's staying mobile as best he can. But if that nerve doesn't come back, the likelihood he will ever play professional football is close to zero. Wow. Yeah. You're and so, yeah, I mean, they're definitely downplaying that. <laughs> right. And and so that so I, I did switch your question to one that suited me better, but um, it, it is something that it just over and over again I hear people just brushing off this injury, and it is not something to brush off. Right. That's that's crazy. That is uh, definitely not. Uh, I haven't read anything that descriptive uh, on that injury um, yet. So good good uh, insight there. Um, I guess one last question I have for you, um, and it is not really f- fantasy relevant it is sports injury related though um christian are you still here i'm still, I'm here. still here okay all right yeah. just making sure my connection was uh going a little weird <clears throat> um okay so uh i have uh oscar slaughter's disease in my knee right um uh-huh. i was a pretty good basketball player growing up I, b- I have been telling all my friends that it would have been a very good possibility that i could go to college or the nba playing if it wasn't for the oscar slaughter's so my question is, do you know of any athletes that have this condition or is this something uh, that just ruins all your chances of going pro? No, it doesn't ruin all your chances of going pro. I, I mean, many people have it. The, the problem is, well, a couple of things. Number one, you pretty much grow out of it over time. So, you know, as, as your growth plates close, the Oscar slaughter condition kind of calms down and, and for the most part, it's not a long-term issue for many people. Um, I don't know personally of any NBA players or, or even professional athletes who've said they've had it. I'm sure that, that it's out there. Right. I have had my own patients who've had it and gone on to play collegiate ball and professional ball um, in a variety of different sports. And so it's not, it's not that you're not unable to do it. You just have to manage it until the patient stops growing and then it kind of what we call in medicine it's a self-limiting condition it just so just kind of dies out and burns out right let's be honest here Dale. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was just gonna say let's be honest here dale you you the real reason you uh couldn't make it in college or mba is because uh you know we're fat yeah and, and, well okay i'm, I'm, five, I'm five six and slightly overweight um, so I probably wouldn't have made it, but I just need a good excuse. And uh, that is like the only uh, uh, medical condition I have to uh, brace myself on. So I'm sticking with it. Um, well, and for you, you know what? That's the reason, my man. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's all I need to hear. The doctor told me that. So uh, That's right. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, Doc, uh, <laughs> on that note, uh, I guess we'll let you go. I, we know your time's valuable. We appreciate you uh, joining us again. Um Anything else? Uh, we can kind of give you an open mic here. Anything uh, you have going on, or any any place you want to direct us to? Yeah, absolutely. So, any any of your listeners have any questions that come up through the week, feel free to, uh, to reach out to me on Twitter at SeelandParekMD. That's S E L E N E P A R E K H M D. And if you tune into my YouTube channel, the Fantasy Doctor, you will see videos and explanations of injuries from MLB to NFL. Olympics, uh, we touch it all. So um, if you're interested in sports and you, you love hearing about these things, uh, you know, reach out and follow us on uh, YouTube channel or Twitter. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, in case you can't find it for whatever reason, hit our website up. Uh, we have a link up on uh, on our site. It goes to his YouTube channel and uh, all that other good stuff. So, um, yeah, definitely check him out. Uh, Doctor, we appreciate all your time again. Uh, we hope you join us again soon, perhaps next week or uh, in the upcoming uh, upcoming weeks leading up to the season. Sounds good, guys. All right. Enjoy the preseason so games. Yeah, thanks All a right. lot. Yeah. Thanks. Right. Have a good night. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode. I don't know why I feel the need to thank everybody so much. Yeah, we thank, like, we thank a lot of people. We reply to a lot of Twitter questions. So if you have questions, uh, Christian and I are on Twitter pretty much between the two of us probably like 20 hours a day 
Um, so if you have a question, <laughs> he's not exaggerating. No, if you if you have a question, either one you're going to get an answer by Christian, or you're going to answer it by me, or there's going to be a miscommunication, and we both answer it with totally different opinions. <laughs> That's happened before, where we both see the question at the same time, and we both reply, and the answers are different, yeah. and it seems like the ESF account is bipolar. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's happened a couple times. So uh, <laughs> if you get any of those, like um, Russell Wilson sucks, and then Tyra, you know, and uh, Russell Wilson is awesome, then you kind of know what's going on. Yeah, we're, we're going to try to be more consistent in, in at least putting our initials into yeah. all our tweets yeah, we do so that... that you know who it's coming from, or you can always, you know, you can always add our personal accounts on the tweets. So yeah. um, you could find me, Christian Brito, at C Brito Fantasy. You can find Dale at Dale underscore Fantasy, and um, that's gonna be it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us. God, oh, I can't stop doing that. I am Canadian, apparently. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I guess that. Uh, oh, Christian, you finally, finally plugged your own Twitter handle for the first time in like 10 episodes. So. It's the first time I say my own name in like 10 episodes. Yeah, they know your voice. Nobody so has no any idea, idea who I am. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that guy that's always talking on that show? Who is he? Oh, that's unfortunate. I should really do that at the beginning. All right, guys. All right, guys. Buenas noches. Thanks for listening. Bye. And we like to play till the sun go down. Yeah, we like to play till the sun go down. Then we take that town. Then we take that town.